What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Guggenheim. We're going to be talking about NFL Combine, which is going to lead us into the NFL Draft in a month or so. If you like the podcast, make sure to like, subscribe, share us on your favorite social media platform, whether that be Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. Let's get this this podcast out there, especially with the NFL Draft fast approaching. We're going to have uh, some news and updates throughout the draft process. Looking forward to the draft in in a month or so. So we're going to be doing that, uh, talking a lot about the NFL Combine. Again, you can like and subscribe at Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. We'll also have this up on YouTube as well. The NFL Combine was last week, and we're just going to be going straight through. We're going to be talking about uh, the the Combine. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk about just overall impressions, some standouts, winners and losers. We're going to take a look at some mock mock drafts, some some post-mock drafts. And with that, we're going to talk uh, about a couple of different topics. Whenever you get to the NFL draft, you start talking about quarterback play. And quarterback play is going to be something that we, we, we talk about. And we're, we also talk about who are the elite players, who are the guys that you need to get. So we're going to, we're going to dive into that a little bit, but first let's talk about some of the standouts. Uh, obviously a lot of, a lot of standouts just in the 40 yard dash, the 40 yard dash. I, I'm pretty sure it was just a very fast track uh, in Indianapolis because there were just a lot of fast times, a lot of times in the four threes, four fours. For those of you who are not familiar with the combine, what they're doing is they're measuring kind of your top end speed in a 40 yard dash. Hence why it's called the 40 yard dash. They're also doing things like vertical jumps, broad jumps, uh, three cone drill. They're doing some on field drills uh, for that are position specific and anything that they can do to test your athleticism and strength. So they also do the bench press. I think it's a 225 pound uh, rep that you have to do. And it says however many reps you can do at that, um, at that weight. I think the, the record is like 45 reps at 225. Good night, Irene. That's, that's a lot. Needless to say, I cannot do that. So anyway, we're going to talk about some of the winners and losers here. NFL.com released kind of their, their winners and losers. And I'm mostly going to focus on Big Ten prospects because I think obviously this is a Big Ten dedicated podcast, but we are going to talk a little bit more about overall prospects down the road, but we're going to talk mostly about Big Ten prospects. The first night, it was quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends, and really the winners. Uh, I think I think two receivers in particular were winners, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. Uh, a, a lot of people thought they would be first-round picks if they did well at the Combine, and they both did really well at the Combine. Garrett Wilson ran a 4.38 when a lot of people – expected him to run around a four five. A lot of people thought Chris Olave was going to run in the high four fours. And so that, because of that, they were like, okay, they, they played well, but they played in a wide open offense. You know, they had a, another guy on the field in Jackson Smith and Jigba who just, you know, caught 350 yards worth of balls in one game. So how good are they really? And I think anyone who actually turns on the film would see 
they run excellent routes. Garrett Wilson has great athleticism uh, and great athletic ability. But there, there was a question of their overall athleticism. And while Olave isn't maybe the most dynamic receiver, he, he's never, he, he wasn't going to impress anyone with his vertical, which he didn't. He didn't really impress anyone with it, his vertical jump or his broad jump. But what he did do was he ran a 4.39 uh, 40-yard dash. The unofficial time was a 4.26, which is absurd. But for some reason, they were way off on the time, which, is, which it was sad to me because I really wanted to, him to have that 4.26. It would have been the fourth best time ever in the NFL Combine. But he ran a 4.39, and Garrett Wilson ran a 4.38, which a lot of people, uh, including Matt Miller over at ESPN, said, hey, if he doesn't run well, he's, he might be a second-round pick. Needless to say, that 40 time really bumps up his stock and really keeps him probably in that top 15 range. But Chris Olave really showed a lot of what he's about in the combine, his smoothness, he, he breaks in and out of rat routes. He can track the deep ball. He has great hands. So he did really well. Uh, another, another guy who was not necessarily nearly as highlighted uh, in the, the winners and losers on NFL.com, but uh, uh, Jahan Dotson was really good. I think he ran in the four fours. So really, really good speed. Uh, he's probably going to be in that second round conversation just because there's just a lot of receivers in that really good, but not great range. Honestly, there's not a lot of elite receivers in this class. I love Olave and I love Wilson. They're not a Calvin Johnson or a, a Julio Jones or uh, AJ Brown with his, his freakish athleticism. There, there, there's nobody like that in this draft but you have a lot of really good receivers. And I think John Dotson solidified himself as in that good group. And he'll be, I think a, a high second round pick. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to the bears uh, to be a receiver that goes to pair with uh, Justin Fields, who really needs weapons around him. So I receivers did really well, a, a tight end that did really well. Uh, Chig Aconquo from Maryland, uh, tight end. He was impressive in the East West Shrine Bowl. He, he ran a 4.5240, uh, which is really fast for a tight end. Now he's, he's a little lighter. He's 238 pounds, but that was really, really good. He's probably going to be able to, to make it as an early day three selection. So that's, that's pretty good for the former, the former Terrapin. Um, the, the losers, you know, Traylon Burks from Arkansas, a lot of people thought he might be the number one wide receiver taken. I don't think that's going to be the case just because his 40 time was pretty low. His vertical was not very good. He's a big guy. He's a big receiver, but he's probably going to slip a little bit, probably be a late first round selection. And then the guy that really got hurt, which I'm really sad about is David Bell, uh, from Purdue. You know, he is not a big receiver. And so Traylon Burks can get away with being a, you know, to have a slower time because he's big. He's 225 pounds. I think he's 6'4", 6'3". David Bell is not that. And he ran worse than Traylon Burks. A 
4.65 40-yard dash. Didn't even make 10 feet on the broad, broad jump. He is He's going to fall in this draft, and he's probably going to be – a third, fourth round. He might even fall down to, to later in the, in the day three where he's maybe fifth round or sixth round, which I don't want to see. Cause he's a really good receiver. You turn on the tape, you see his impact on the game against teams like Iowa earlier this year and Michigan state. He is a really good receiver, uh, technically sound, but his athleticism was a question going into the draft. And honestly, really, really struggled in this, in the combine. So that, that, that's too bad for him. Another guy that, that really didn't do well is Jake Ferguson thought he would do well, but really struggled uh, to display athleticism with a four, eight um, was steady where he needed to be steady, but he's probably also going to be a day three pick where he, I think earlier in the year, you could have made an argument that he might've been a day two pick. Um, for those of you who are not aware of the NFL draft day one's first round only day two is rounds two and three. And then day three is rounds four through seven Uh, in day two of the combine, not to get confused with day two of the draft uh, some pretty strong performances out of Michigan state running back. Kenneth Walker, the third out of Michigan state uh, was the uh, ran a four, three, eight 40 at 211 pounds. That's a great speed for that size. Showed really good athletic uh, athleticism uh, and agility, and really really caught the ball well in the workout. So he is probably going to be an early day two pick. Really solidified himself as the number one running back. Depending on who who wants a running back, he might sneak into the late first round. Um, but he is definitely the number one running back on the board. Uh, he was competing with uh, Brees Hall from Iowa State. I think Kenneth Walker easily is going to be the number one pick, uh, number one running back taken off the board and might might even find a way to get into that round one consideration. Another guy who was solid and, and just really solidified uh, was Tyler Linderbaum. He wasn't really going to do much to, to be, to get himself out of that competition, but he is the number one center in this class. He is going to be a first round pick. He's probably going to be a 10 year starter in the NFL. And, you know, Iowa just churns out interior linemen like nobody's business. Uh, he's, he's a really good, solid player uh, on the defensive defensive front. Listen, I, I, I know I said big 10 guys, but you can't, you have to look at how amazing the Georgia defensive players tested in this draft. Um, Jordan Davis ran a four, seven, eight, 40. He's 340 pounds. Like he's twice my size and he ran a 40, probably two seconds faster than I could. It's insanity. That, that, that in my mind could really push him up the draft boards because he showed great athleticism and great agility in this thing. Uh, Trayvon Walker honestly could it, depending on what teams do and how teams look at edge rushers in this draft, there's a real possibility that Trayvon Walker surpasses even Aiden Hutchinson just based off, it, off his athleticism. I doubt it because he doesn't have quite the film that Aiden Hutchinson and, and Kayvon Thibodeau has, but Trayvon Walker tested 
just off the charts. 451 in uh, the 40. Uh, his jumps were great. His three cone drill was great. His flexibility was great. If he had the film for it, that's what you would expect a, a top five, maybe number one overall pick to display. Devontae Wyatt out of Georgia, who is the second defensive tackle, was also excellent. And so I, I, I could see all three of those guys going in the first round. Uh, another, another guy that unfortunately did not do well, not a, not a Big Ten guy, uh, but Devin Lloyd out of Utah did not test well. A lot of people thought he might be a top 10 pick, probably going to slide down draft boards because of his speed and his, his, his lack of athleticism in the draft or in, at the combine. And then last but not least, we'll talk a little bit about defensive backs and safeties. Sauce Gardner was a stud out of Cincinnati, probably going to be a top five overall pick. Showed off why he was one of the best corners in the country this year uh, as a Bearcat. Nick Cross out of Maryland, another Terrapin, really tested well. Was the number one safety in terms of speed. Had an, just an absurd broad jump. Nick Cross really elevated his draft stock. Has a chance to make it into day two, I think. Um, a day two pick. Can Taylor Britt out of Nebraska did really well. Um, I think has a chance to get into the top 100 picks. Um, I thought was a really good corner at, uh, at Nebraska. So good for him. That, that's kind of the, the, the top guys that the, the standouts of the draft from the big 10 another guy that that had some buzz after the combine was dax hill a lot of people think he might be able to be not just a safety but even a corner at the next level so that flexibility that i think is intriguing to some nfl gms and execs it's not to say that he was a standout necessarily but dax hill was showed enough versatility that i think is going to make him probably a mid to late first round pick because of that. Let's talk really briefly. I want to talk about some mock drafts. And as we do that, I want to address a couple things and then we'll wrap up here. But the, the combine or the, the post combine mock drafts are when you really start to see like people are starting to get tapped into how GMs are thinking, how coaches are thinking. And, and it's really helpful to know that because you just get a sense, okay, what's going to happen on draft night? And there, there's sometimes some surprises, but you really get a sense of what's going to happen. And a couple, couple of takeaways that I would say. One is that this is going to be a, a draft that is very heavy on offensive and defensive linemen. So if you look at a number of these, these drafts, uh, these mock drafts, a lot of them, the top three picks are all either edge rushers or offensive linemen. And in fact, out of the five on CBS sports, the only non-lineman that cracks the top five at all is Kyle Hamilton, Kyle Hamilton at safety from Notre Dame. If you look at the, the, the others, it's, it's uh, Akeem Aquanu, uh, uh, Equanu, I think is how you say it from NC State, Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan, Evan Neal out of Alabama, Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon, Charles Cross uh, out of Mississippi State. Those, those are your kind of 
consensus top five, top six, along with Kyle Hamilton. So that's, you know, that that's be a, a real trend. You have a lot of other edge rushers too, Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State. Um, you know, Jordan Davis, who's a defensive tackle, obviously he, he's up there, Trayvon Walker. And then you get some other guys. You get some linebackers like Devin Lloyd, Nicobe Dean. And, you, and then you also get some wide receivers. So a lot of people have Garrett Wilson as, uh, as the number one receiver. Some people have uh, Chris Olave uh, out there. The highest I see Garrett Wilson out there is number eight. But overall, if you look at the NFL, uh, the, the mock drafts, and you look at the Big Ten, I think it's going to be a pretty good showing for the Big Ten. Uh, I've seen at least one mock draft where I think there were up to eight players, maybe even nine, where you uh, nine players in the first round. So, for instance, if you look, if you go and look at, I think it's Trapasso, Chris Trapasso's mock draft, Aiden, he has Aiden Hutchinson at two to the Detroit Lions. Uh, he then has Chris Olave going to the Washington Commanders. I, I can't get used to that, but he as he has him as the number one receiver. That's number two. Uh, that's that's the number two Big Ten guy at thirteen. Garrett Wilson. That's the number three. He has Boy Moffat from Minnesota at fifteen. So that's four. Tyler Linderbaum. That's five. For, uh, he has him going to the Eagles. Daxton Hill six uh for the patriots at 21 number 23 that's da he has david ajabo which that's the seventh uh let's see here george karloftis going to the packers at 28 and then daniel Falele, an offensive lineman for minnesota at 31 of the bengals which they need help that's nine guys in the first round and if you, if you think about it, it's not just that there's nine front nine players in that top 32, but they're all from a lot of different schools. So you've got two from Ohio State. You've got three from Michigan. You got one from Iowa. You have two from Minnesota. That's, I mean, that's just, that's a lot of, uh, a lot of guys. And then one from Purdue and George Karloftis. That's a great showing for the Big Ten. So I think the NFL draft is going to be a good marketing tool for a lot of schools in the big 10, which I think is really needed because right now it's, you know, a big, it's a lot of publicity for the sec. So this is, it's good for the big 10. It's a good look for the league. There's also a question though, of why, why is there so many big 10 players? Why is that? And I think, I think one is there, there there's a lot of talent in the big 10. But I, I also think there is a lack of elite players in the, in the country. So I honestly, I think a lot of the Georgia players are going to rise up the draft boards because Trayvon Walker and Jordan Davis and all those guys, they tested out of their minds. And if you look at the top candidates going into the combine, a lot of what they were talk how they were talked about was they were safe players like Aiden Hutchinson is a safe player and look I love Aiden Hutchinson I think he's a really good player he's not Nick Bosa or Joey Bosa or Chase Young or Miles Garrett or or any of the top elite 
edge rushers of the past five years. He's just not. And I'm not, I'm not saying that to say that he's not going to be a good player. I think he's gonna be a really good player, but there's a difference between um, getting AJ Hawk at five, 15 years ago and having a solid player who never makes a pro bowl and getting a linebacker like Clay Matthews, who is a perennial all pro and is a difference maker on your, on your roster. They're, they're both good players, but one is a game wrecker and the other is really solid and, st- and is a stabilizer in your defense. And typically I would have rather gotten AJ Hawk in the middle of the first round or maybe even the second round versus, you know, wasting a top five pick on him. Aiden Hutchinson is kind of feels that way to me where Aiden Hutchinson, I think is going to be a really good player. I think he, he might be a pro bowler at some point, but he's not going to wow you. He, He doesn't wow you all that much with his athleticism and his traits. He's a, he's a really good player, has a great work ethic. Uh, and I think, you know, might have a couple of seasons where he has double digit sacks, which is great. That's great. Um, if, if I were a GM, I would take Trayvon Walker over him at this point because just the way he tested and he's more of a splash. I would take Kayvon Thibodeau over him, even though Kayvon Thibodeau is a little undersized um, and that there's some con- concerns about him. Um, but th- that's one of the reasons why this is an offensive line, defensive line driven draft. The receivers are, are great. They're not elite. There is no Calvin Johnson in this draft. I love Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. I love Jahan Dotson. I love, I think Traylon Burks is a good, is a good player. There's a lot of guy, a lot of receivers who are going to go first round that honestly, people are going to have to wait for a while for them to really show up to be productive players. Not because they're bad, but they're not, there's no elite playmakers at wide receiver in this draft. There's no Jamar Chase. Okay. And, and while we're at it, while we're at it, I think there's only one or two elite corners. I think Sauce Gardner is an elite corner. I think uh, Derek Stingley could be an elite corner if he can stay healthy. Um, there's a little, I think there's a little bit of character concern with him, but I think there's, there's not a lot of elite cornerback play beyond those two guys. Kyle Hamilton is a really, really good safety. I thought he was going to test really well at the combine. He didn't. He tested fine. Um, but I think he's a really good safety. I don't know if he's an elite safety. I, I think he, he might be able to become that, but I, I have concerns about his athleticism now. And so that's part of the reason why you're seeing a lot of offensive linemen, a lot of wide receivers. And, and here's, here's my last point. I really hope that because of the lack of eliteness, my hope is that GMs don't make the mistake that teams always make the mistake of, and that's starting to take quarterbacks too quickly. I've looked at multiple mock drafts where some of them have like five quarterbacks being taken in the first round, five. And if, if I can just take a look, I think there's a couple, let's see, I think it's, Stackpole, who has his Kenny Pickett going six to the Panthers out of pit. Uh, he has Malik Willis going to Denver. He 
I don't know why he'd have him going to Denver after the, the Russell Wilson trade, but he does. He has Desmond Ritter going to the commanders. So that's three in the top 11 picks. And then he has Matt Corral going to the Steelers at 20. And he has Sam Howell going to the Lions at 32. Listen, I like a lot of the traits of these quarterbacks. I really do. None of these guys, for one, none of these quarterbacks should sniff the top 10 in terms of talent. None of them should sniff the top 10 in terms of talent. Compare this quarterback group to last year's quarterback group. You had Trevor Lawrence, who is maybe one of the best quarterback prospects ever. Zach Wilson, who really shot up draft boards. Trey Lance, who has, you know, as much as we want to talk about Malik Willis and his traits, Trey, Trey Lance's traits are, are far better. Justin Fields, who arguably was a top two quarterback all year. And then for some reason, just slid at the end of the draft process, he was 11th. And then Mac Jones was 15th. I would take all five of those quarterbacks over any of the quarterbacks in this draft. So why on earth would you spend the number six pick on a guy you're not even sure about? Like Kenny Pickett, had, had a couple of good years at Pitt. Great. He plays in the ACC. I, the traits are good. They're not great. Malik Willis. Yeah, he's got traits for days. Awesome. Please don't draft a quarterback based on traits. That doesn't always work out. I mean, and I'm not saying don't draft him. I'm saying, listen, there are more sure things in this draft and unless if you think that this guy could be your starter for the next 15 years, why are you drafted him nine? Why are you drafting, you know, Desmond Ritter, I like Desmond Ritter. If he goes anywhere near the first round, like that franchise deserves to tank for the next three years. Because Desmond Ritter, as good as I think he can be, he is not. He's not a guy you should waste an, a, a top 11 pick on. I'm sorry. He's just not good enough. And you can, you can bolster your roster with better talent and then take a quarterback in the second round, or you could take better talent and stink this year and then wait till next year and get either CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. By the way, both are far better. Both quarterbacks are far superior to the quarterbacks in this draft. Like, don't make this mistake, GMs. Be smart. You know, shore up your line play because there's some really good offensive linemen. Shore up your defensive line. Get a, a good number two receiver or may, maybe a number one receiver. Get, get a, a solid to good corner or linebacker to shore up the middle of your defense or, or the, 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 the back seven. But don't settle for a quarterback just because I need a quarterback to replace such and such in three years. Like, I mean, think about it. the Packers wasted a first round pick on Jordan love and they clearly are not ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers because they just extended him for four years. Like why on earth would you do that? So I, 
teams are going to do it because quarterbacks are valuable. But listen, if, if you're, if you're a fan of an NFL team and you're like, we need a quarterback, this is not the year. Like, I don't think any of these quarterbacks are going to be all time greats. I don't think any of these guys are going to be anything more than maybe a once or a one or two time pro bowler. If that, uh, and I like, and and listen, I like Matt Corral. I like Sam Howell. I think uh, of all the guys, I think those would be the two Kenny Pickett a little bit as well, but I just, listen, this is not the draft for quarterbacks. It's just not, but they, they always get elevated because of their status and their, their position. But I'd love to hear your thoughts. What do you guys think about quarterbacks? What do you think about the NFL draft coming up? We'd love to hear your thoughts. Leave a review. This has been the big 10 football talk podcast. We will not be back next week. Uh, I'm going to be on a service trip. So I'm going to be all focused on that, but we'll be back in two weeks probably with more stuff on the NFL draft. I'll also do a little bit. Um, this came out recently uh, today on, on social media, but uh, an Ohio state player, Harry Miller came out uh, and said he was medically retiring from football. And I want to take some time to talk about that because he talked a lot about mental health. And I want to talk uh, about that because I, I think it's important for, for us to talk about as a society Um And so make sure to stay tuned on that. Again, this has been the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. Signing off. Take care. God bless.